Welcome to the Big Screen Symposium podcast. This session is from the Big Screen Symposium held in Auckland on the 9th and 10th of July 2022. This session is a presentation by the New Zealand Film Commission. Te tumu whakata taonga. Hear from Acting CEO Maladin Evanchich. Pau whakahaere, te o kahurangi waka, Head of Incentives, Catherine Bates. Head of International Screen Attraction, Philippa Mossman. And Head of Marketing, Jasmine McSweeney. As they celebrate recent creative, cultural and commercial achievements within the screen industry since BSS 2020. The team outlined the New Zealand Film Commission's focus on supporting the industry through COVID-19, re-engaging internationally and adopting a strategic approach to change. Tēnā koutou i tēnei ahi ahi. Ko Mladen Ivanchich Aho, Acting CEO at Tatuma Fakata Taonga, the New Zealand Film Commission. It's um, indeed a great pleasure to be here at an industry uh, conference after so long. I want to thank... Jackie Dennis and the team at Script to Screen for bringing this symposium together in what continue to be difficult times. Uh, I'd also like to thank and acknowledge Dame Kerry Prendergast, the outgoing chair of the New Zealand Film Commission, for her contribution to both our organisation and the wider screen sector during her six-year tenure. I'd also like to acknowledge this week's announcement of the appointment of Alistair Carruthers, as the incoming chair of the New Zealand Film Commission. Uh, we look forward to introducing Alistair to the industry when he starts his term in October. I must also acknowledge the substantial COVID-related funding allocated by the government, which has helped support the screen sector in the last two years. And a couple more acknowledgements. I want to acknowledge uh, the success of Dame Jane Campion and her film, The Power of the Dog. As everyone knows, this production was filmed entirely in New Zealand and employed hundreds of Kiwis. The film has done an enormous amount to return New Zealand to and the New Zealand screen industry to the global spotlight. And we are excited to see Dame Jane continuing to support the local screen industry with her new initiative, A Wave in the Ocean. Uh, I think everyone's heard about this, but if you haven't, this is a pop-up intensive course for directors and is fully funded by Netflix to a very large amount and it looks like it'll be on a recurring basis. Yeah, thank you. And remarkably, because uh, registrations of interest are coming through our portal. Remarkably, there are 330 registrations of interest already. I'm not sure, I think only 10 people will be chosen. So <laughs> maybe try again next year. <laughs> I know many of you attended last night's WIFT Awards. I'd like to acknowledge both the nominees and the award recipients. Congratulations. Uh, and also congratulations to Patricia Watson and her team at WIFT for organising a fabulous night celebrating success. Um, and on the topic of um, awards, I, I believe a special award should be given to the screen industry itself, the domestic screen sector, for its resilience, agility and tenacity over the past two, almost three years 
since COVID first came here. It's quite remarkable how the screen sector has continued to create, produce and release films which entertain audiences here domestically and overseas. In May of this year, four NZFC staff and over 60 New Zealand filmmakers attended the Cannes Film Festival and Market. This was the first full Cannes since 2019 and the first in-person film market that New Zealanders could attend since borders reopened. Feedback from my colleagues who were there uh, was very positive. Globally, um, the people who attended were engaged and talking about film, swapping experiences, and uh, the whole event was very energizing. Without a doubt, I believe we can look to the future in the uh, film sector with optimism. As we come together today with the symposium theme of Manu Ao Aha Creative Power, myself and some of Tatumu Fakada Taonga's leadership team will endeavour to present more reasons for optimism. Po Fakahare Te Aukaharangi Waka will update you on the success of the Te Rautaki Māori, which was launched in 2018. In the context of that strategy, an initial tangible outcome is the NZFC's majority Te Reo Māori feature film Muru, written and directed by Te Arapakahi and produced by Raikura Kahi and Selena Joe. Muru will open the NZIFF this year uh, in both Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Dunedin. Head of Development and Production, Leanne Saunders, unfortunately cannot be with us today. So uh, our Head of Marketing, Jasmine McSweeney, has um, stepped up and will background our support of the domestic screen sector through COVID on behalf of Leanne. Head of International Attractions, Philippa Mossman, will outline international screen production opportunities. And finally, Head of Incentives and International Promotions, Catherine Bates, will outline our strategic approach to change. But first, let's reflect on the theme of the symposium. I'd like to spend a few minutes more acknowledging the creative power of New Zealand's screen sector with some more highlights from the last 18 months. Since the last BSS, and despite COVID, 18 New Zealand feature films supported by the NZFC have been released theatrically. The most recent of these is, of course, FINA, which has, after a little more than two weeks in the domestic box office, taken in approximately 700,000 K. Of the 18 films re released, nine were directed by women. and five of the 18 are official co-productions. In addition, 13 short films have been completed and delivered. And of course, many international productions of scale have been made in New Zealand and subsequently released internationally. 13 NZFC short and feature films have been selected for screening at major international film festivals in the same period. These numbers are impressive so please join me in applauding everyone, creatives, cast, crew, and all those who support them, whose mahi and craft went into creating these screen stories. This year, after serious consultation with the sector and related communities, the NZFC announced a diversity and inclusion strategy. We expect the strategy will underpin the work we do 
and allow us to better support and advance the diverse communities of the Aotearoa screen sector. If you're interested in finding out more about He Ara Faka Uranga Kano Rao, a strategy session and open discussion hosted by staff members of the NZFC's Internal Diversity and Inclusion Committee is happening tomorrow at 11.40 a.m. He Ara Faka Uranga Kao No Rao works with and alongside Te Rautaki Māori, which leads nicely into the first of our four presentations. Please welcome Te O Kaharangi Waka, our Po Whakahaere, who will talk about Te Rautaki Māori. Thank you. Karanga maira, e te whakataka pōkai, kia aru kia hokato hono, ki te toyonga rangi e. Karanga maira, ki te whakataka tangata, kia aru kia piringa iwi, ki te taumata o whakaro e. There was a waiata that we created as part of the Film Commission with Wena Harawira and Tawaroa Kawana for the power of inclusion a few years ago now. But it actually, I thought about it when we were preparing for this because it talks about the power and the mana auaha that actually the sector brings. The call of the leader of the flock of birds guides the soaring followers to the heavens. The call by leaders of people bring all together to a higher consciousness. It was exciting this morning to sit and listen to the practitioners, Lana, Mahuya, um, Jane, uh, Jobs and Christy, and really encouraged me because it talked about the essence of why we do things and that we work together as a team in bringing truth, integrity, mana, creativity to the mahi we do. I know a lot of people may think that it's just about Māori. It's just about bringing and elevating those things of tangata whenua, tangata triti to the fore. But actually when we do these things with Māori, for Māori, for the betterment of Māori, then actually we all win. And I've been really encouraged through both the WIFT Awards last night, Tēnā Koutou Katoa, kia Patricia Ma. All of the nominees and the winners last night, because from there right through today, ka ora kadere kahana tereo Māori. Narada me mihi kia tato katoa ito tato nei kaha kia fai te huarahi o tereo Māori. And for those who were here in 2019, I think when I first stood up, that was one of the things that I would say is the success of the Rotaki, not just of the Film Commission, but actually its influence within the sector that we all start to speak more Māori. We all enjoy it. It's not an issue. It's not something that separates us. It's something that joins us all together. So, tēnā koutou. So just, and I don't like to use the podium because normally I get covered and you only see my head. So we have enough with masks and things. It's not enough to kind of just cut me off at the, at the knees, literally. Um, so I'm, that's why I'm standing out like this. Uh, so the Rotaki Māori, for those who may or may not remember, and I'm just going to recap a little, but it's the kaupapa is around championing Māori films, filmmakers, in partnership with the Māori film industry and practitioners to Aotearoa and the world. It's to work in partnership to achieve mutually agreed aspirations 
The strategy and its execution will be informed by the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi, which we will be changing to Te Tiriti of Waitangi, and Te Ao Māori. And again, I think I remember saying, you know, that's just a small aim, right? No, it's a big job. When you look at it, Māori are as diverse as the people in this room. So the ability to bring together all of those concerns, all of that creativity, all of the issues of the sector, let alone mana whenua, iwi, hapu, whānau, Māori collectives, it's just, you know, one of the jobs we're going to do as part of the rautake. <laughs> the objectives are still the same. Representation, protocols, and capacity and capability. What's it about? A lot of discussion in these last four years have gone on about who can, who can tell Māori stories, how we represent authentically. And it was really encouraging this morning, again, listening to our previous speakers in our first session, just talking about the craft of working with people, not Māori, not anyone in particular, but the importance of listening, of working to create your craft fully informed, fully inclusive of those that have the craft, the perspective, the community behind them. And that's what we're saying here when we talk about representation. Protocols. Well, we've all been doing that. We follow along instructions, whether it's Patricia and the team last night at WIFT, whether it's Jackie and the team here at Script to Screen. We have a huarahi and we have kaiarahi. We have people who lead us. And it's important that those things are still being developed within our sector. And I commend many of our productions, all of which were on that screen um, that Maladin showed. And it's a celebration of all of the things that we've achieved, part of which the Rautaki has been involved with. And capacity and capability, a daily thing, something that we all have to work to, to encourage and grow our sector, whether it's through mentorships, whether it's through internships, whether it's talent grants and funding, whether it's getting those that have made their films across to festivals to be celebrated and also to do further business so that we can develop that resilience of our sector where they're making money back on the films that they've made. That's the goal, ultimately, that everyone is prosperous. Kia ora. When I first started at the Film Commission and going onto the website, it was really hard for me personally to kind of work out where things sit. So we drew a picture. And given that we are a screen industry, I thought it was quite appropriate. Um, so here's the picture. And it was basically just in a way in which we could identify, I could identify where we fitted and where the Rautaki could help because I didn't really understand at the time what the elements within the Film Commission dealt with. So we actually work really closely with the wider community, the guilds, many other collectives, and the wider communities in the regions and other collectives there. And there's a lot of capacity in our guilds, in our sectors, but they're small. They're being run by one or one and a half people. And so they're trying to do a lot more work and there's a huge expectation. So, homai te pakipaki ki kairopu katsua. And then you would look coming from the guilds and into the, from the sector itself into the Film Commission. And normally that first pathway is through talent development. It's where filmmakers don't really know what they're, they're wanting to do. They've made maybe a, a short film or a web series and they want to access some of the funding. And thank you um, earlier for learning how to say we want funding. We've got some other um, hand signals, but we won't use those now. <laughs> um, I digress. So the talent development is really around how we connect with people. We support people, and that's the main motive behind the work of our teams there. Development is really around building that story. Again, we heard a lot about that this morning, but it is where you're bringing your first script or second script, or you might label it a different number of the script, but it's still your sort of seventh, tenth, hundredth, and tenth. 
and you bring it to the Film Commission and you go through that process to get further early development. And there's many other avenues of funding there. And then the next is actually once you've got your script and your story together, it goes into production and you're trying to pull all of the finance together. I go, again, prior to bringing a, a producer out in the sector, when I came into the Film Commission, I did not understand what the heck that was around financing a film. It's still scary and I've been with the Film Commission for years. So I see it every day where people are coming in with applications and the most important thing is he nui te hana, which is the, that communication is the key. So talking with us, chatting with us about your story really early on, right from development through, we can actually help to guide you because it is. It's a lot of work that we don't always understand and you've got a bigger team and sometimes the creatives just want to create. They don't want to have to worry about the money and all the other legal things and other headaches that you have to work through, but it takes a village. And then once you've made the film and be successfully funded and you've got it out there, which we celebrate today and every day, we then extend it out to a global and a national reach. It's about getting it out there, getting it seen, and ultimately bringing back the money, recouping what it is that the investors have invested in. So that gave me a really good understanding of how the Film Commission works and what elements, and the Rautaki Māori goes across all of it. So part of our next picture drawing was the, state, uh, the statement of intent, and we created this as um, the the staff and leadership. And this is Hewaka Whakarākei. Now, don't be confused, it's not a war canoe, okay? Because most people think of a waka taua, but actually Hewaka Whakarākei is one of our ceremonial waka. It's highly adorned and it has the meanings of the taurapa, the back. And in Māori society, we drive and lead from the back. And then the tauihu at the front, which carves through the water, and then we have everyone in the boats together, he waka he And the ultimate strategy is really that we champion our filmmakers to create enduring taonga. And that's the crux of Rautaki. It's the foundation of the Film Commission. Mahi te mahi, te iwi. The work we do is to support our people in the sector. So I just did a bit of a summary of how we've looked over the last, and this is just a bit of a tally, of the Rotaki funds only. Again, we have input into all of the other areas of the Film Commission, but just looking at the budget that I'm responsible for, 2018, we spent the money in terms of development, talent development, and other support to our wider Māori sector. Those figures are there. 2019-2020 was when we funded Muru, and then 2018-19, we again didn't see the te reo Māori um, capacity there, it comes in every two years. Which, why does that work? Because we, haven't, we need more time to develop, particularly in te reo Māori. It's not just, oh, we've got a script ready, it's actually developing the, the distribution and the investment of a fully te reo Māori film or a film that actually has a lot of Māori content and te reo Māori. So we've seen a bit of a pattern. And then we get to celebrate. So is the Rautaki working? Hell yeah. Why? Because we're seeing the fruits of that labour come out of our people and that we've been able to elevate that through the mahi. And not just the ones, these are ones that have been largely led by Māori creatives, Māori teams, but the, all of the other ones that you see earlier that Miladin showed are ones that you might have one um, Māori creative in, something like Juniper, which is Desiree Armstrong, another formidable woman. Humaiti Paki Paki. I know that she received the Mana Wahine Award. 
But DES is the epitome of a lot of our wahire Māori, a lot of our Māori in general that work for the community tirelessly and to see the fruits of that labour come through, not just in specifically Māori content, but actually New Zealand content, that's what the is about. So when you see um, this particular one, we are still here. You may have heard back, I think in 2019, it was just an idea when I started at the Film Commission around having a joint initiative between Australia and New Zealand. Great idea, let's get all the Aboriginal filmmakers and some Māori filmmakers, and we even threw in a Samoan filmmaker, Mickey Magaziva and Mario Gawa, so kia ora. Uh, and they made this film of you know, um, an anthology. And we didn't just make an anthology that was quite linear, we decided to weave it together which again complicated it a little bit and it turns it wasn't typically how people would make films. And then COVID hit, so then between how we were intending to work between the two countries became really hard. And so I really wanted to acknowledge Mia, Henry Tierney and Christina Milligan, who were our New Zealand um, producers on this film and brought the teams together to make this particular film a reality. And it's taken the last three years to do that. So homai te pakipaki. And this is the other success. It's a reversioning and it's with Disney, which again, some may say, well, you know, why are you reversioning with Disney? Anyone who's been following the success of the Waiata anthems and New Zealand Waiata that are now having bilingual translations of them so that they are normalised, we live and we listen to them, whether they're in English and Māori. And we're doing it in films. Moana was the first, and now we have Lion King Reo Māori. There is nothing like being in the um, civic with your tamariki mokopuna and those who love and speak te reo Māori to listen and to watch this and laugh at all of the jokes of those animals. And I meant the ones on the screen <laughs> because they were funny. And that was what we were, that's the goal, is that we hear te reo Māori being spoken freely and normalised. And this is at one of the beginning of the celebration. Frozen is one that we're looking for in September. Muru, this is our first feature film in Te Reo Māori that we funded. Certainly there have been other feature films, and I think of Tangata Whairawa Wenati back in the 80s, I think it was, 90s. But Muru is one that has taken a long time to generate and to bring out, and it's one that is at the core Ngai Tūhoi. And so it's built from the community up, and Kanui Te Mihike o Korua, because this is the beginning of the films that we want to see, that our communities want to see. Koina te tohu o te rautaki. So i roto i tēnā, he puna whakaaro, ka koro pupu wake te oranga o tewi. From the spring of well-thought bubbles forth the well-being of the people. So from this mana auaha, from the mahi that we do, we all benefit. Ahakoa ko te rautaki, Hei hāpaitia i a tātou ngai Māori, ko ngai tātou o Aotearoa, te hua hei whakarangatiria tātou katoa. So we all benefit when Māori benefit, and that's the message of the Rautaki going forward. And it's my pleasure to be part of the team. I think also Kath and uh, Kath Graham and Nakaya Paulson-Moa, uh, who are part of my team, but also you'll have noticed 
uh, many of you who work with the Film Commission, my other colleagues of the leadership team, who have also endorsed, fully supportive, and it's not just me that stands in support of the Rautaki, it's all of my colleagues, all of the staff of the Film Commission. And that's the goal of the Rautaki, that it's not just one group holding the mana for our people, but actually it's everyone. Nā reira, i runga i tēnā kaupapa, tēnā koutou katoa, ka huri au inaenei ki a kiriovea, hei kōrero tuatū. Nā mahi te heo kaharangi. Kia rāna koutou. Uh, so ko Jasmine McSweeney tuku ingoa. I am the Head of Marketing at the Film Commission, but today I'm going to speak on behalf of Leanne Saunders and the NZFC Development and Production Team about the support provided for the domestic sector through COVID-19. So it has been two years since the government announced its package to support the industry following the COVID-19 lockdowns. The package consisted of $13.4 million to support projects impacted by the pandemic and $2 million for cultural capability to assist the industry to meet the challenges of a post-COVID environment. Between August 2020 and June 2021, over $7 million has been awarded to 47 productions impacted by COVID from the NZFC Screen Production Recovery Fund. Of these, 39 have been completed, including FINA, which is in cinemas now, so please go and support films in cinemas. Millie Lies Low, which premiered at both Berlin and the South by Southwest Film Festivals. Cousins, the highest grossing New Zealand film in 2021. Dawn Raid, which premiered at Hawaii International Film Festival. And short films Datsun, which also premiered at Berlin and the South by Southwest Film Festivals. Wash Day, which was the 2021 NZIFF Best Short Film. And TV series Mystic and Broke Wood Mysteries 7. For the remaining eight films, six are in post-production and two are in pre-production. Following the introduction of the protection framework, the government extended the Screen Production Recovery Fund to early 2023 with an additional top-up of $7.9 million. The extended Screen Production Recovery Fund is ongoing and has to date received 17 applications representing 16 productions. 12 applications have been approved for productions, which includes Bird Eye View, The Tank, and The Untold Tales of Tūtirimuana. As productions ramp up, we are pleased this assistance is still available to New Zealand filmmakers. The $2 million Screen Sector Capability Fund has met its goals of supporting screen sector organisations and sector-wide skills and development programmes. Key activities supported by this fund include administrative support for organisations such as the New Zealand Game Developers Association, Script to Screen, Show Me Shorts, Pan-Asian Screen Collective, 48 Hours, Equity New Zealand and the Pacific Island Screen Artists. The Capability Fund also supported the costs associated with the cancellation of events or loss of sponsorship, as experienced by the New Zealand International Film Festival and the Wairoa Māori Film Festival. The fund also supported talent and workshop development programs, such as the Cinematographer's Society's Gender Diversity in Camera Program, the DEGANZ's Māori Editors Training Program and Women's Filmmakers Incubator, the Right Room Program in Wellington and Auckland, and Share the Knowledge's Location Manager Assistant Course. And the Capability Fund supported online mentorships for emerging and mid-career filmmakers across a range of disciplines, pairing them with mentors in their specialist areas. 
25 filmmakers were supported through the program, which focused on sharing and learning development processes to benefit the long-form project each mentee wanted to work on. In addition, the fund was able to support mentors for six writers and directors of the PASC Episode 1 web series. Engine On Air then funded the production of six episodes for the digital series. NZFC recovery funding to date totals $11.2 million. These COVID recovery funds were run on top of the NZFC's existing funding programs with short-term contractors brought in to assist with the increased responsibility. Through this period, the Film Commission's focus was on how to best support the industry to develop new projects and adjust to the challenges and opportunities posed by the changing global content environment. To support this, the Film Commission Board approved the spend of reserves. This spend enabled the launch of the Bespoke Development Scheme, the Blacklist New Zealand Project, in partnership with international organisation, the Blacklist. Six teams were supported to develop their projects and benefit from intensive international industry mentoring. $1.2 million was additionally allocated towards business and slate development, sorry, slate development funding through three programs, Boost, Boost Up and Heada, to 33 producers or companies. Via this funding, the New Zealand Film Commission was able to support production companies like Firefly Films, Four Nights, Endeavour Ventures, Vendetta and Picky Films to develop their slates, including high-end drama series such as Night Vision, The Panthers and Dark City. An allocation of the international attractions budget was also diverted to fund 10 regional film offices to update their location image libraries. The bulk of all NZFC funding, 75% or more, is allocated to the development and production of screen content. Throughout this time of COVID recovery funding, production baseline funds continued to be processed with 26 projects receiving either NZFC Production Financing Office or Feature Film Finishing Grants, totaling over $20.5 million in the last financial year alone. In addition to the recovery funding already mentioned, the government allocated a further $50 million repurposed from the International Screen Production Grant to launch Tipuna Kairangi, the Premium Production Fund, and Araki Tipuna Kairangi, the Premium Development Fund, which was a three-way partnership with Enzeronia, Timangapaho, and the New Zealand Film Commission. Established to rejuvenate the sector in the wake of COVID-19 disruptions, the fund supported New Zealand producers to create projects of scale for local and international audiences and was open to feature films and series. Across three rounds, 16 projects received over $46 million in premium production funding. These 16 projects represent an anticipated collective spend of over $154 million in a range of locations around New Zealand, with an estimated spend on local employment of over $90 million. International investment in these projects is over $51 million. Four of the 16 productions have commenced principal photography and the remainder are due to begin production in the next 12 months. 26 screen projects also received development funding through the Premium Development Fund, three of which went on to receive premium production offers. It is anticipated the remaining 23 projects will move into production in the near future. This ability to fund large budget projects has led to internationally successful Kiwi directors, such as Christine Jeffs, Lee Tamahori and Andrew Nicol, making their next features in New Zealand.
The New Zealand Screen Production Grant, along with substantial amounts of international investment, has meant the Premium Fund could also finance nine high-quality drama series with international market partners like the BBC, Universal, Lionsgate, Sundance Now and ITV. Finally, I would like to commend the industry on its resilience. The challenges of the past two years have sometimes seemed overwhelming. The perseverance and hard work of everyone during this time has contributed to this feeling of optimism for the future. This optimism was omnipresent and calm. The international interest in the projects New Zealand producers introduced to the market at Cannes speaks to the exceptional talent and cultural value of New Zealand stories and the respect and admiration the global industry has for the New Zealand film industry. And on that note, I would like to invite Philippa Mossman, Head of International Attractions, to talk about the NZFC's international activity. Tēnā koutou. Nā mihi mahana ki a koutou katoa. Ko Philippa Mossman toko ingoa. My role at the Film Commission is the Head of International Attraction. In 2013, we had one live-action US production filming in New Zealand. In 2021, there were 12. How we have grown. Attracting international productions to base their film and TV projects here is increasingly a priority for the Film Commission. These projects contribute to the sustainability and vibrancy of our screen industry. They contribute to our country's foreign earnings, create additional screen jobs and career opportunities, support strong screen vendors, motivate other investment and innovations, and lead to the overall growth and capability of New Zealand's screen sector. Promoting New Zealand's talented people and our viability as a screen production destination, along with the government incentive, the screen, New Zealand Screen Production Grant helps to secure high-value film and television productions. And international productions predominantly hire New Zealanders, typically at least 90% or more of the crew on an international job are locals. Connections are made and creative networks are fostered. Mana Owaha. In addition, other creative industries benefit, as does tourism, education, and the development of technology. An additional aspect of the incentive which helps attract production to New Zealand is the PDV grant. Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, The Tomorrow War and Black Widow are a few examples of international productions utilising New Zealand talent which have been supported by the PDV grant. Another example is the extraordinary The Beatles Get Back from Sir Peter Jackson. The International Code Development Fund has also been instrumental in getting high-end series like The Gone and Under the Vines and features such as Night Raiders and New Tuesday into production. New Zealand has 18 co-production agreements with partners around the globe. These offer a number of attractive options for producers, including the ability to apply for funding and or incentives in two or more territories. We anticipate a growing number of co-productions with international partners as more producers gain credits and experience in co-financing and co-producing. From the outset of the border closures, we work closely with Immigration New Zealand and with the ministries, uh, MB and Ministry of Culture and Heritage, and the MIQ teams to get key international personnel into the country. 
This allowed international productions to get underway and led to thousands of jobs for New Zealanders at a time when many in other sectors were unable to work. Some of these high-profile international productions include Sweet Tooth, Seasons 1 and 2, One of Us is Lying, Seasons 1 and 2, The Royal Treatment, Choose wow. Love, <laughs> rom-coms, uh, <laughs> Avatar sequels, Don't Make Me Go, No Exit, Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, Cowboy Bebop, Mr. Corman, and A24's back-to-back -back features X and Pearl. We were also able to advise and support smaller budget shows, uh, including Netflix's Stories of a Generation, which highlights the work of New Zealand climate scientist, Dr. David Lowe, alongside the likes of Martin Scorsese, The Pope, and Jane Goodall. Most recently, Apple Plus and the BBC created David Attenborough's extraordinary prehistoric planet, featuring New Zealand locations shot by cinematographer Richard Black, as reported by deadline. In addition, we helped local producers needing one or two key people, usually cast, to come in from overseas. We intensified our connections with the international market during COVID, and in March this year, two staff went to LA, timing the visit to coincide with the buzz around the 12 Academy Award nominations for Dame Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog. This provided the perfect platform to remind our core market that New Zealand's borders were reopening and to reinforce the valuable message that our country is easy to do business in. Meetings were held with studios, major production companies and streamers, Netflix, Endeavor, Endeavor Content, Paramount, Apple, Sony, Warner Brothers, Disney, Legendary, A24, Gaumont, Blumhouse and Universal. And 70 production personnel were hosted at an event at the official residence of the New Zealand Consul General. We are really looking forward to seeing productions from these companies and others moving into our production pipeline in the coming years. The impact and success of The Power of the Dog, which is a New Zealand-Australia co-production, put New Zealand on the world stage with global media coverage reinforcing New Zealand's reputation as a competitive international screen destination. We will build on this media and in-person attractions activity in the coming year with our next Aotearoa showcase in Los Angeles and with targeted invitations for influential LA executives to experience New Zealand via a familiarisation programme. The year ahead looks exciting. A number of international series are gearing up for second and third seasons. Paramount and Apple TV's series known as Stonehenge is underway in Wellington. One of Us is Lying is mid-flight with season two in Auckland and other productions are finalising their plans, alongside the strong domestic production we're seeing, in part as a result of the premium fund investment. Now, please welcome Catherine Bates to speak to you about our third and final priority, a strategic approach to change. Kia koe, Catherine. Kia ora toutou. I'm Catherine. I'm the Head of Incentives and International Promotions at the Film Commission. Change is inevitable and will happen whether we prepare for it, whether we like it, or whether we're open to it. So the only thing we really prepare, prepare for is how we respond to it. With this in mind, the Film Commission is focused on being strategic in its approach to change within the screen industry. A big part of being strategic involves awareness of global trends, potential threats, and the role in our sector. 
Governments around the world use policies and funding, including financial incentives, to encourage and support the screen industry. Economic impact studies are a valuable tool in measuring the scale of screen production activity and its overall economic footprint. The Film Commission believes it's important to understand the size and scale of the screen sector. And that we believe it's, it's critical to survey the screen sector and measure its economic impact. So it was back in 2020, the Film Commission commissioned the UK-based agency, Oldsburg SPI, to carry out this work on behalf of the sector. Many of you will be aware of Oldsburg SPI as one of the leading international consultancies specialising in the global screen sector. They've gained a reputation for their independent, objective economic impact studies, and importantly, their robust and tested methodology. Key to the report that we're going to share some of the key findings with you today is Oldsburg's experience in the global sector and the ability to provide a comparison analysis of New Zealand in relation to Australia, Ireland and the UK. So we are really pleased to be sharing this with you today and a few of their key findings on the economic impact of the screen sector in New Zealand. This report will be published on our website later this afternoon and we will be holding a sector webinar on Tuesday the 19th of July, hosted by the Film Commission and Oldsburg SPI. And there'll be more detail on that next week. I'd like to just preface this announcement by saying that the report does not undertake a full cost-benefit analysis of the NZSPG, and it doesn't make any assumptions on what might happen if the NZSPG was no longer available. So for the economists in the room, that's talking about what the counterfactual would be. It focuses on the period of 2014-15 to 2021 and considers the impact between these periods. So on with the key findings. Since 2014, the Screen Production Grant has attracted 4.3 billion of production expenditure to New Zealand. In the period of 2021, the production expenditure was 985 million. This is a total of both international production expenditure and domestic production. And this is a growth of 20% per annum since 2014-15. We think there's a really key point to, to note here that the growth in New Zealand domestic production has also been incredibly strong, with the percentage of production expenditure growing from 1% of that total in 2014-15 to 14% in 2020-20. And as Philippa touched on earlier, the spend of the screen sector doesn't just benefit the industry. It has an incredibly large ripple effect throughout the economy, through different sectors and through different regions. So as part of the report and part of their study, Oldsburg took a mid-budget international TV drama series which was shot in New Zealand. And through their analysis of the budget, they are able to determine that 60% 60, 60 of the below-the-line expenditure is spent outside the core screen sector. Within this, within this summary, nearly 20% went to real estate, just under 9% was spent on construction, and the travel and transport accounted for just over 8%. Then if we move on to jobs, in 2014-15, just over 18,000, sorry, 1,800, sorry, 1,800 people were directly employed in the screen sector, Today, that number has grown to more than 5,300. And looking at those indirectly employed, the number swells to over 13,000. Oldsburg have also have a really renowned methodology for looking at gross value add. 
And within the study, they looked at what this was for the New Zealand sector. If you jump into the report, it will detail that for every dollar spent, there is a total of $6.15 gross value add. So dollar spent, $6.15 gross value add. We really do encourage you later this afternoon, or maybe not this afternoon, but over the next week or so, um, to jump on our website and read the full report to really understand more about what that gross value add refers to. As mentioned earlier, New Zealand producers are increasingly successful at attracting international investment for their projects. In the past five years, the amount of foreign inward investment has outstripped the New Zealand-sourced funding by a total of 201 million to 164 million. So the average split between international and New Zealand funding is now 55% international, 45% New Zealand. Oldsburg also point out that governments around the world pay particular attention to the production, production of screen sector content because it's a key driver for international growth. And they look at four distinct factors. The first being the growing demand and access to content from video on demand, streamers and traditional studios. Secondly, the unique role production plays in spending large sums of money within a location which then spreads throughout an economy through a large number of cast, crew and vendors employed on the production. Thirdly, the ability to create modern, highly skilled, productive and mobile employment. Jobs that are less at risk of being replaced by automated production. And lastly, the ability to increase inward investment, stimulate tourism, help national branding and enhance soft power and cultural impacts. Globally, we've seen an unprecedented level of investment in content over the last few years. 2019 saw a record of US 177 billion spent across productions. Oldsburg now forecasts for 2020 that this investment will exceed US 200 billion. So with all this in mind, it's timely to talk about the review of the government investment in the screen sector, which is having a specific focus on the New Zealand Screen Production Grant. This review announced late last year has been jointly led by the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment and the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. It's looking into the Crown investment into the screen sector, and in particular looking to ensure that it's effective and it generates economic and cultural value for New Zealand. There are four objectives that are guiding this review. The first, to ensure that we develop a balanced, resilient and sustainable screen sector. Second, looking to ensure that the conditions, pay and career pathways for those in the industry are strong. A third focus is improving social cohesion through the content that you all create. And fourth, we'll look at how we maximise the benefits to the wider economy. Later in September, the ministries will publish a consultation document outlining funding options. The public and all of you here, the screen industry, will be invited to submit feedback. With the New Zealand Screen Production Grant reaching its eighth birthday, the opportunity for all of us to have a part in this review is welcomed and important. This is your opportunity to have a say on a New Zealand investment scheme that is fit for purpose, generates an economic and cultural value for the sector and for all of New Zealand. We're a passionate, sustainable and thriving industry which produces quality screen content that New Zealanders are proud of. We stand out in a competitive and busy market. And this is thanks to all of the hard work and dedication to the industry that we have so much to celebrate here today. 
We thank you for that and everything you do to keep the screen sector thriving and growing. Kia ora tato. Um, so Dale's reminded me that we are going to have an informal meet the NZFC tomorrow. Uh, I guess we're done. So let's go off and have afternoon tea. Well. The Big Screen Symposium 2022 is brought to you by Script to Screen. We are grateful to our event partners, the New Zealand Film Commission, New Zealand On Air, AUT, Images and Sound, and Te Mangai Paho. Voiceover is by me, Anna Corbett, and music by Poddington Bear.